0: Today, we are talking about best puzzle books. And this is coming up because in the dojo training program, we want to know which books are the best so that we can put them in the program. We also want to have an eye to which books are best for which rating cohort. In addition, the dojo is compiling a list of its own puzzles, both tactical and positional in nature. And this discussion might help us clarify what we want that book to look like. I can say just trying to do that book and the effort it has required to do that thing, is more than I expected. It gives me a deeper appreciation of just how hard it is to put a good puzzle book together. And so thinking about what a good puzzle book is will be part of the discussion. We will inevitably also talk about what are puzzles good for. Some people don't like them. Some people don't care. We'll talk about that as well. Um, And earlier today, I had the chance to talk to Ben Johnson of the Perpetual Chess Podcast, who is probably the most, along with uh, I am John Donaldson. He is the one person among the people I know who really know chess literature best. So it was really good to get his take on the best puzzle books. So we're bringing him in here. And David is not going to be giving his list. He's going to just be lurking on the sidelines. You can see him there lurking beside me. And he can explain why he's lurking, maybe even right now. David, why are you lurking, buddy?
1: Okay. Um, I think that uh, most chess puzzle books are created more or less equally and so I can't really rank them the way Jesse would
0: like me to. Okay. Sorry, Jesse. That's okay, we're gonna prove, just have an open mind maybe when we talk about these puzzle books because I can guarantee you that there's
1: a huge difference
0: in quality uh, in these books. Yeah, me I and
1: Jesse st- are gonna fight. I don't think he's gonna be happy with my picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's, maybe he's not happy right now because I'm not gonna give him picks that he can get mad about. Maybe, maybe
0: he needs that rage. And actually something else that I want to say about this. We've done a lot of best books and best players and such, but especially with best books, uh, we had a kind of disagreement in earlier shows, like when we did best books of all time, about well, b- a best book for whom. And I kind of like to think that there are chess classics and they go across different rating bands and such, but more than any kind of book, I think certain puzzle books are better for certain groups of players, right? And so we'll definitely try to differentiate that as well. And Ben Johnson was great in terms of like, this book is good for this group, you know, so we'll get into that as well. So the the best puzzle books of all time that comes with that caveat.
1: Yeah. Although I don't really have any rankings. I do have some thoughts about what could potentially make books slightly better or slightly worse, mm-hmm. you know, so. <laughs> Let's hear them. Let's get into it. I'll be sitting here. I mean, one example is just, like, the books should say on the cover 1,600 to 2,000, or 1,400 to 1,750, or 2,100 to 2,400. They should just, just like, basic, basic, basic labeling. Uh, But as you can see, like, basically no book does that, right? So I can't use that to say that one book's better than another. It's just...
0: Zico's, he's starting to get some ideas about what a good book might be. (laughs) Well, by the end of the show, we might have a whole thing. We might get some...
2: Well, there's room there's room to expand the columns so we, <laughs> do we can do it and um, i want to sp- yeah when
0: we go through this i'm i'm we're allowed to change our minds i might change my minds as we go
2: no forward. that's um that's a big critique i honestly do have of a lot of end game study books um mm. because in particular some in game studies are just like impossibly difficult and some are like solvable with a lot of effort and some are are, are just solvable and it's like Um, Yeah, a lot of the books have puzzles arranged in just completely random orders where you don't know if you're going to be suffering during the puzzle. You know you'll be suffering, but you don't know how long. Is it gonna be a five minute or like a 30 minute? And yeah, it's very, very tough, especially for people that are just starting out. If there's not a lot of like instruction, here's how to solve puzzles, here's how to look for solutions, then you know it could be a real struggle for people starting off with books that are too hard for them. Because like David said, there's no clear Indicator generally that this book is going to be too hard for someone and People are often just googling. Oh, what are the best puzzle books? What are the best end game books? They see the most popular books and yeah, they don't really have Any understanding of of what's going to be too easy or or too hard. So um, Hmm. Yeah, I don't want to name any names I definitely see people on Twitter working with books that are like way above their rating range and I'm like, oh my god This how
1: did how did you get this book? That's not that's not good simple people don't label their work. I mean, it's like, it's like the very first, you know, (laughs) 1000 rated move for somebody to make a puzzle book would be to, you know, label the difficulty level for their audience, but they'd rather sell five or six extra copies to people who can't use the book well, than to just label it and sell it to the actual audience. Now, David,
0: now, David, let me just say that's not entirely true. There's some truth to it, but it's not entirely true. We have books like in the program like tactics time that is clearly Marketed to a lower-rated audience. Great, my first chess workbook. First, that's also marketed to a lower audience. Great, great. I'm very exactly. glad that Perfect that Your you guys Chess those clearly out. meant for aspiring professional players. Right. So mm, that's not a great one, Jesse. It's not. That's I know not a lot great of.
2: One? I know a lot of amateurs buying Perfect Your Chess because they're like, oh, okay. it's a good book, and it's like, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Okay.
1: We we label it that way. We know. And but, we put it in the correct in cohort. But in that book,
0: it is very clear that he's saying the first problems starting out are, like, meant for ni- 1900s. In the it's book, yeah, that that's true. in print. It's there okay. in print. It's not like, you know, in any case, I we I think we're in agreement that the book um, should say. Also, shout out to our friend,
2: Seychas. I'm pretty sure he started doing a series of tactic tactics books that are kind of labeled. I feel like they're called, like, climbing the tactics ladder, something like that. And I think they're given, like, every, like, 200 rating point band. So those seem to be like a pretty uh-huh. good, maybe, maybe we should
0: check them out. <laughs> yeah. No, and I want to say actually with that book has helped uh, us think about what our book slash Kindle, whatever it's going to be, will look like in the sense that now, because, you know, books can be digital, you can have a position on one page, like say has, and then the answer on the next. So if you're reading a Kindle, you're just flipping through and you don't have the burden of a book, which is, you know, you can't really do one problem on one page and then the answer on the other, right? You could, but it's just gonna cost a lot more to print. print
1: The solutions are always together. And if you wanna go check problem 18, you have to be very careful not to accidentally see the solution to problems 19 and 20 when you're looking it up and all that whole problem Mm -hmm. that we all used to have.
2: Okay,
0: Kostya, should we start, boss? We're gonna snake I, it?
2: I think, um, let's let's get into it. So, yeah, just to be clear, I don't know if we actually explained it. We're each, or Jesse and I are doing a top 10 ranking list. We have Ben's top 10 rankings from earlier. We're we'll going be going one by one. If you want a visual representation and you're listening to this on the podcast, um, check out the video on, on YouTube. And, um, oh, I assume we'll have links to all the books that we mentioned today and there will probably be Amazon links. Um, we'll put them in the YouTube description. We'll put them in the like podcast description as well. It would really do us a solid if people would use those links. It doesn't cost people any extra money, but we'll get a very, very, very small percentage of, of Amazon's portions. If you go through our link, it's grains of rice people, grains of rice, but it would, (laughs) we would appreciate it if you, if you at least did your, your chess, book or any chess or any shopping through the the amazon affiliate links that would be um that would be great but yeah let's uh let's get into
0: it (laughs) okay how about this i'll go first and then i'll give ben johnson's and then we'll snake snake through question sounds good okay so i'm just gonna write it out here and um my first book number 10 here if i'm allowed to uh oh it's not letting me write in here there we go so it's calculation by Agard. And I kind of flamed the book in uh, my review of it several years ago on our site. Um, And I I, I might move it off. I might move it off, but it's a completely competent book. The problem with this book and then the next book I'm going to talk about by Agard is that it's computer driven. Namely, many of the positions there are Agard looking with the computer at a super GM's games and finding some move that the engine finds and then using that as a problem. To me, that's far less interesting than a move that somebody actually found or maybe found in the analysis without the computer, because we are not computers. Okay. So that's my little spiel. And um, then here's a book. There's many books when I talked to Ben that I hadn't really heard of and I will check out. So, this number, his number 10 is called 300 Problems by Lev Albert. Mm. And I've seen that I had, book. That's a good book. Okay. Yeah. I had never even heard of that book. And uh, actually, the thing, excuse me, it's called 300 Positions. And um, so, I like in the last show we did with Ben, he mentioned several books I hadn't checked out. I went and checked them out. They were all winners. Uh, so, there it is, 300 positions, Lev Albert. What do you got for Coast?
2: Um, OK, so yeah, this, honestly, super tough list there. There's a lot of good puzzle books, um, and I might end up rearranging things um, a little bit. For me, my number 10 choice right now is uh, the big one, 5334
0: by, uh, uh-huh. by Polgar. And you um, haven't even done it yet, boss. What do you mean I haven't done it? (laughs) You haven't done it, right? You haven't gone through it yet, Bows.
2: Not like since we've started the program. I've had the book for for many years and and gone through um, huge, huge portions of it. You know,
0: okay, hundreds of
2: pages, hundreds of pages of that book.
0: (laughs) Dojo. Let me just say that a huge conflict within the dojo is that David is too proud to read the book. And coast <laughs> needs to get on it. I'm happy to hear though that coast just at least done some of it. Great book for visualization. I guess I'll end up talking more about it too. Um, all right, coast. What's your number nine, Bob?
2: Yeah. No. Let me just say this: this Polgar book. It's it's great. I mean, it's it has a lot more than just the mating puzzles too, which I don't know if we're giving it bonus points for that. But I actually like the book because it has all these like uh, miniatures and has all these like nice combinations as well. So definitely, it's just like. Huge, huge value in, in that book. And the mating puzzles, I think, also are very fundamental and, um, and useful. Very bulky book, though. Very, very big. I wish they would figure out uh, some. You really got to get it on Chessable, too. If they got that book on Chessable, game changer. Game changer right there. Um, anyway, number nine for me is a pretty famous in game study book, um, Domination. Uh I think it's called Domination in 25, 45 studies, something like that.
0: I always Uh, can't remember either how many
2: it is. Yeah. By, um, I think it's Kasparian who's a big, big composer. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: So this is a classic book. I have mixed feelings about it because I, I really wouldn't recommend it to anyone that's not already like quite a strong player, like 2200 and up. Um, just because, so the book is great. It has a ton of studies. Like I, uh, mentioned earlier within game study books, it has this problem where a lot of the studies are, um, doable. A lot of them are just like extremely like difficult and borderline impossible. And there's little instruction in terms of like what you're looking for and like how to, you know, it's, so it's a slog. It's a slog to go through the book, but, um, the puzzles are amazing. A lot of strong GMs, like they credit this book cause like they went through it. They solved a bunch of endgame game studies and, you know, improved their calculation tremendously. And it is a classic, so I feel like it deserves its place on, on this list.
1: Yeah, I mean, what are you looking for on the list, Kostya? Like books that are useful to lots of people or books that are well done for what they are? Or like what, what can you give us any insight into your your criteria for ranking?
2: Um, yeah, so for, for me, my
1: criteria is basically just,
2: um, I'm just trying to focus on the, the best books that I've, come across, they're definitely going to be books that like either I personally studied or spent more time with, um, even though there's just like tons of good books out there, let's say for, for lower levels that I just haven't um, interacted much with. Um, so yeah, for me, it's going to be like a mix. They're definitely going to be on the stronger side. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just looking for just like the best books overall that I've, that I've seen.
0: Right, And maybe I'll just add for myself. Uh, I am only listing books that had a personal connection to me that I felt made me a better player that maybe also I found some aesthetic beauty in. This is why Johnson's picks, Ben Johnson's picks are especially useful for us because he's thinking of it more from the perspective of, let's call it global chess improvement, right, from down the line. Um, And
1: that would line up better with sort of the perspective of our training program as far as which books you would want to put in the training program.
0: Well, right. And so one one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is so we get our heads around both, like which books we might uh, bring into the program and then our own book and how it should be structured uh, as well. Yeah. Um, Okay. so uh, speaking of Ben Johnson, he has a book here that I'm interested if you guys have heard of. It's called Chess Steps. By Brunia and Weingarten, Dutch dudes. Wait, is that like the Chest Steps like program? Honestly, dude, I had never really heard of this thing, but I think it's kind of famous. It came out in the early two thousands, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because Chest Steps is a yeah, very famous program where it's like it's a bunch of books. It's like five or six yeah, it's, series right, it's of the books. Whole thing. Oh, okay. That's, that's probably the one he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. It's hard to count this as, like, a, a single book. I would say it's more of just, like, a complete, like, uh, chess program. Like, a right. competitor to chess steps is the dojo training program, basically. It's, like, that's a, it's that's no,
0: a but it's positions, dish. right? It's, like, you go through these positions. It's training you with positions.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah.
1: It looks like their steps are broken down by rating. Up to yeah. 800, 800 yeah, yeah. to 1400, 1400 mm-hmm. to sixteen hundred. Yeah, so you I'm don't buy the book that.
0: You don't buy the book until <laughs> until you get done with the step. You don't buy the next book until you're done with the first step one. Yeah, it's like very
2: clearly laid out. I think it's also designed well for um, instructors that are teaching classes. Right.
1: Right. Um, it claims to be the world's leading teaching method in chess, so maybe they need to check out our program and then add a second. No, no, no.
2: It's, it's very popular. It's very popular. No, no, no. We're, yeah. We're second to them. Okay.
0: Well, the, the beauty <laughs> of that is like, in terms of one of the things we just got to say too, right, is we decided we aren't going to talk about, uh, like puzzle rush, not that kind of stuff. We're talking about books, but like, what we have is simply enabled by technology that people back just 20 years ago, like chess steps clearly didn't have. Um, and now, kids aren't reading books, right? And most adults aren't reading books too. So we're talking about best books, how we can bring them in the program, but our program is clearly better because the book is a nice, it's a nice form, but we have just more things going on here and interactions uh, via technology, right? We win, <laughs> we win. Uh, it looks like but gonna, it looks like
1: all they have is the tactics, Kostya. It's yeah, not a full training program for chess, it's just tactics.
2: No I, I believe they have endgame stuff um, positional puzzles mm, I'm sure but it's all puzzles is what I'm trying we're trying to say I, okay. I feel like there's more
0: to it but you know I'm not uh, I'm not a huge expert on it So in number nine I've got uh, positional play by Algar I just finished that uh, I reviewed it on our site um, One of the things that I aspire to, with our dojo training program book is that when we have a position before us that it's not clear to the person looking at it whether it's a positional move that they're looking for or a tactical move a mix of both right and um puzzles if you want to call them puzzles that are often the most aesthetically pleasing to me are one where there's a positional solution. You know, usually there's some tactical ideas involved with it too. But the aesthetic joy of a positional puzzle is really beautiful. And there's honestly not that many books that try to bring that out. So that's one of the things that I think that's kind of missing. Most of the books are really talking about tactical stuff, which is also important. Um, this book has the same problem as calculation, which is very 90% of the problems are are, are computer-driven. Okay, so I get to go again, and my number eight is uh, the old ECO combinations book. So, um, ECO was a, I'm going to, I might, put my my mouth there, it's a Serbian company, Yugoslavian back in the day, and uh, they were putting out the informant. And the informant had all the top games uh, that were played in any given time span. And then at the end, the back of the book, they had a great collection of puzzles, and they had a great collection of end games, many of which were very difficult. And then the combination book- Also theoretical novelties also theoretical novels. And they had a. They then put that book together, which was the first of its kind, really. Um, and it did break it down by motif. Some of it were, was miscellaneous in the back. So it was a great collection that basically every player of my generation went through that book several times. Um, yeah, so that was, that's definitely a, a classic, the ECO Combinations book.
1: Yeah, one definitely. of the few books on your list that I've read. And I liked it.
2: Nice. All right. Ben's Ben's number eight book, sure. Jesse. Sorry, I was just I was like, no, no, somebody I'm else is gonna, gonna go. go. <laughs> no, I gotta go for
0: Ben. I'm talking through Ben. <laughs> all good. So um
2: Yeah, I love that what? you I was watching the stream earlier. I love that you um forced him at, at gunpoint on stream to give his top <laughs> ten.
0: <laughs> he was like, Yeah, they're all good, you know, I like this one. No, okay, so, like right. Me. I should say that <laughs> numbers nine and ten for Ben were meant for a lower audience, and this one I think is meant for a slightly more advanced audience, and that's Mastering Chess Strategy by Hels, mm-hmm. which I haven't read yet. It's on my list. It's in our program, and my my reading list is strongly influenced by like what is in the program that I haven't read or haven't read recently, and I'm trying to reread it. Cozy, yeah. have you read that?
2: Yeah, that's a great one. That's gonna be on my list too. Um, I mean, it's focused on uh, positional elements. And like you said, there's very few like positional puzzle books out there. Um, that's one of them. That book is actually so massive in that it has an it's like an entire book of like positional examples. And then all the chapters have um, like a bunch of exercises attached to them as well. So it's like, um, yeah, really good training. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk more about it later, I guess okay so um, when
1: you guys said best puzzle books you didn't just mean combinations any kind of puzzle yeah exactly end game End game sure. positional yeah. basically could david be, where it could you be get whites a- it could be white's king is on h4 after four moves how does black give checkmate
0: on move four yeah it's a puzzle i mean it's still a puzzle so like you get a position you get asked to think about it and give your answer yeah
1: okay because there's like that book of like Sherlock Holmes puzzles, you know. Uh, see, he's starting.
0: Wheels are starting to turn, Costa. He might end up giving us some books. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to.
1: I'm just I'm just understanding your position. <laughs> I really just thought, you know, we're uh, just learning tactical combinations here. Okay. Yeah. Sorry.
2: Um. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's positional <laughs> puzzle books. There's also a lot of variety within just like the the tactical books, you know. Like there's a big difference between a book like, I don't know, Chess Tactics from Scratch, which is gonna have like more instruction versus a book like um, that's just all puzzles where it's just diagrams and solutions um, and like less.
1: But anyway, yeah, okay. So Eugene's, so Eugene's mm-hmm. book and Nate Solon's, their book about evaluation, that's a puzzle book. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Okay.
2: Yeah, that would count. Yeah, there's well, a lot you of- You guys
1: should put it on the list then because I mean, there's exercises. only so many books about evaluating none
0: boss if you want to make a list you are welcome to make yeah. a list you can't tell Just us what to successful. put on our list that's that's crossing the line
2: <laughs> uh, it's like i'm not hungry but can you guys order some fries yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not uh, that's exactly what it uh, okay so my my number eight book here, um, I'm basically going to put, um, I'm going to put calculation slash positional play. Okay. I'm just going to put both of them uh, cause they're both Agard, Um, and they're very different books, but they're, uh, they're from the same series and same, same style. <coughs> um, and okay. I was, I was biting my <laughs> tongue earlier <laughs> when Jesse was talking, but, um, I really like these books. I think they're, they're good. Um, one thing I want to say is that calculation in particular, like it has uh, a lot of just instructive value. Like it's not just, um, a bunch of exercises, but there's like examples and, you know, suggestions, techniques, like how to calculate, like what kind of moves to look for, what the thought process should be like. Um, so I, I personally feel like it's a very, very instructive book, um, positional play as well. Um, actually funny story about positional play. This was my suggestion for the dojo training program. Um, cause this book was suggested to me by, um, okay. A couple like strong players and, um, I really liked it. And, and then we had this conversation like multiple times, um, where either David or Jesse were like, why do we have this in like our tactics section, like positional play, <laughs> like, you yeah. kept trying to explain them. Like, it's, it's like a, it's like a puzzle book. It's like exercises you gotta calculate. Um, and a lot of the exercise, especially for agard, um, are, uh, very, very concrete in terms of the, the solution. So it might be like a positional idea. Like you're improving one of your pieces, you're making an exchange. Um, but there you can't justify the move without having calculated variations behind it, which is very important in, in chess and definitely, um, should be, should be trained. Um, yeah, I think I definitely the criticism that some of the puzzles just feel like too computery it's just like oh that's too concrete and it's like mm-hmm. unrealistic to kind of find that but for the most part i i do find the puzzles in uh quite quite instructive um so okay
1: that's my number eight Kostya. how do you feel about jesse's point about the book that it's too computer driven
2: um well, I, I just said that I think some of the puzzles are like a little too concrete in terms of the solution, mm-hmm. but I think for the most part like they're uh they're they feel pretty instructive to me,
1: but do you think it's like a problem if positions are found in that way like based on like something that that no person noticed but that a computer noticed
2: um that's uh that's a good question. I'm not sure.
1: I think I'm not sure either. That's why I'm asking (laughs) you. I think it's a tough question. Like, I've been wondering about it a lot this morning since I didn't have books to rank. I was just thinking about some of these general questions like, should your stuff, should you computer check all the answers or should you computer generate your puzzles? (laughs) Right. Um, Well, I think a lot of these, for example,
2: are found, um, for instance, like sometimes it's like a blunder, someone doesn't see a winning idea. And then that's kind of the puzzle. But I I think if you show that puzzle to a strong player, they would often find it. It's just that a lot of times it's like, we we live in this like chess 24 era, right? Where it's like, if someone misses something or if there's a nice tactic, they just like immediately post it. And like, everyone sees the solution. And of course it's very obvious once you see the answer, right? So it's not like Mm -hmm. these puzzles are given a chance, but to me, for the most part, a lot of them do feel realistic. It's, it's not, common that I get the feeling that like, oh, no one would ever see this or this was impossible to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it's it's quite doable.
0: Um. And, you know, one thing I want to mention a little bit on this line is that <clears throat> the interesting thing that Chess.com did with its puzzle survival and puzzle rush is those comp- those puzzles are computer driven. But the level of the problem gets humanized in an interesting way just by the fact that they have so many people doing it that they can assign basically ratings for each puzzle, which then means that if the position that the computer found some answer to is ridiculously hard for a human, it'll end up having a very high rating. So that's not an answer to the quandary that we just placed, but it shows how these problems can evolve um, and probably beyond evolve beyond the book form. right? Like for yeah. example, we do our puzzle book. Uh, I would really like to do something similar. Where, for example, in the first run, when we have, when we have people uh, put a problem into our database. By the way, if you just go to our database, uh, you can see our our our. our you see me, go to our homepage, and anybody can input a puzzle there, on the training tab for um, this problem database. And in that, there'll be a query for what level do you think the problem is at? And you know people will say 2,000, 1,800 or whatever. But then if we tested it with enough people, it would then become really interesting to say, okay, this problem is around X level, right? So that's my hope anyway, about what a good puzzle book could be. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely more human generated stuff is, is the best Um, to answer the question. Like, I don't have a problem if the computer points out a win, as long as it's like, um, you know, kind of looked at with human eyes and can be explained in in human um, in human words. Um, I feel like actually, I think for lower levels, I would say the online tactics trainers are, are definitely like just as useful as books because it's like you just need to find like a simple tactic it's just about patterns there's not a lot of depth to the puzzles i think it's more at higher levels where you do need puzzle books because it's like it's not just about finding the right move but you also had to calculate out the lines correctly and you had to see like the relevant variations and then a lot of times you have to evaluate a distant position correctly as well sometimes that's the hardest part of the puzzle not seeing that you can sacrifice an exchange or whatever, but then evaluating three moves later that it's a good sacrifice. Um, whereas for lower levels, it's really more about just seeing a bunch of tactical patterns in different situations, being able to recognize those patterns quickly. And it's like one, two, three move tactics at most. You don't quite need as much like explanation as you would get um, in a book.
1: Yeah, definitely. I got, I got stuck on a Shanklin puzzle last week for like 20 minutes or something like that. And I'd seen the correct variation in the first five seconds, but, (laughs) but the resulting position I thought was maybe slightly better. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how good a position we were supposed to have. Right. So I kept looking for like 20 minutes, like, isn't there some like knockout some something and finally I was like, let me really evaluate the position at the end of my other variation. And I finally decided it was clearly better, not slightly better, you know, but like, I just spent 20 minutes stuck and I wasn't really doing any calculation the whole time. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, so it's tough. It's very tough. Oh, Just I have calculation here by the way on the on the I forgot I had it right here. So that's what, that's what it looks like. Mm. Great series overall. also there's strategic play, which goes even further than positional play because it's like strategic decisions that are also possibly very concrete. Um, and then mm. endgame game play, I, I think is is good too, with a bunch of uh, sharp endgame puzzles. Um, okay. Shall I keep moving? Number seven. Let's give it a move. All right. My number seven book, um, is more of a, I don't know what to call it. Modern recent classic, relatively recent. I don't know how people would consider it. Um, imagination in chess Hmm. by Goprindashvili, uh, who I believe is a international master, not mistaken. Um, first name Pata, uh. So yeah, this is, this is a really interesting book. Um, there are definitely, there are definitely some issues with it in that about half the puzzles are, are incorrect, maybe less than half. (laughs) So it has, it has some issues for sure. Um, what I really like about this book is that it's a very unique book in that it focuses on, I I think some like just the trickiest aspects of calculation. Um, so a lot of the, there's just a couple of chapters, but in general, the chapters are about kind of finding very unexpected resources, um, and just like moves or ideas that are, uh, for whatever reason, uh, difficult to, to see. Um, so things like in between moves, backwards moves, backwards um, moves. combinations where you, uh, for example give a check with your queen the king moves and then you retreat with your queen next and now you have like this fancy double attack so stuff that's just like very tricky to see even one or two movers um that yeah i've worked with this book a lot i've given a lot of its puzzles to like my students you know the solution will be two moves long but yeah. very very hard hard to see um and so yeah i think it's just a great book with a lot of very um unique puzzles good really is also the first one to put a name um to this thinking that technique, uh, that he refers to as, uh, uh, reciprocal thinking, which is a technique. I think a lot of strong players use when you're like calculating a line and it doesn't quite work. And then you realize, oh, if I just started with this move on move one, then the whole variation plays out correctly. And I think this is one of the only books that has a ton of puzzles on this theme where it's like, you have an obvious idea or some idea that's not quite working. You have to start with a very non-obvious move and then your combination, um, works from there so very very few books that even discuss this topic but i think it's super super common and uh, like yeah lots of games are decided because some player had like this kind of um this kind of instinct so um but but yeah should be said uh you know i I think the book isn't fully computer accurate um there are some positions where there's like multiple solutions and it's kind of confusing what you're supposed to be looking for um some of the positions aren't like uh, quite correct Uh, some of the puzzles are weird, but I, I still think you get, you, you get more than what you pay for with, with the book. So definitely worth, um, worth checking out. I'd say for definitely for higher rated players, like at least 1,900, 2,000 FIDE.
1: I think, Kosti, you could even bump it up a little bit in your rankings if you want. You could put (laughs) it. one or two. It's a good
2: book. I yeah, yeah, really sold it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's just the fries joke. But um, but. <laughs> this is, this is okay. I've read a bunch of puzzle books. And for the most part, they all just were all kind of the same to me. This is one that actually did stand out a little bit to me as being different from others. Um, And it's because of what you said that it's got these like one or two move puzzles that are hard to solve. And you're like, what? Like what? Like, and sometimes it's just, it's just a concept. It's not even a variation. It's not like, you know, it's just like, oh, you retreat the piece. And on the next move, you come back forward. It's like, it's just so (laughs) weird. It's hard to even explain, but that you can stump, you know, 2,400 level players with a two move variation with no side variations, you know, it's just very, very weird. So for anybody who's stuck in sort of like a rut or needs to expand, their ability to see candidate moves or, as it says, imagination, right? Like, yeah. it's a great one for that, for sort of expanding you. Um, as far as computer checking, that's another question I was thinking about today. Like, should you computer check? And I actually think that for, like, game collections, I prefer books that are not computer checked. Um, because I think it helps you stay engaged as you're playing through a book and discussions of ideas if you can actually disagree with it, with what's in the book. And it like encourages you to actually be thinking for yourself. Right. But if you're doing tactics, I think I'm going to come down on the side of it should be computer checked at this point because there's not like lengthy discussions, right? There's just a variation generally that tells you the answer. Some people will give some explanation, but if they're not going to mention the alternative solution that you might've thought of, you're just left just like confused forever, you know, and it's not, I don't know. To me, that's not a pleasant experience.
2: Well then, I mean, I definitely see what you're saying. I I honestly don't mind it as much. I feel like, um, okay, ideally a book has as few mistakes as possible, especially like a tactics book. But if you have like a thousand problems or something or 300 problems, like a few of them are messed up, you know, I think that's that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would also say that like, and I've had this experience where, uh, you know, you're solving a puzzle it, and you feel like it doesn't really make sense, you haven't found the solution, and then you check You check the answer and it turns out the book was labeled wrong, it mm. was the other side to move. And mm. and then it's just like uh. you just wasted 20 minutes calculating like the wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the wrong turn. Um, but I feel like that's still useful because you can still check your analysis against the computer. And you might, maybe you're, like if your analysis was correct and that there is no advantage with whatever position you were calculating, maybe you had the wrong position, the position set up, there's a wrong diagram or whatever. I, I think that as someone said like no good analysis goes unwasted. Right. So as long as you still analyze the position objectively, like I think that's uh it was still a very useful yeah. exercise. And then um the other thing is like if you find a hole in the book, like you see multiple wins, or you know, the solution presented is like, oh, I thought that wasn't working because of this and this, and then you check the engine and it turns out you're mm-hmm. correct. Well, you did kind of solve the puzzle. It's like you went above and beyond, really. I mean, it's like so. I think um, I would suggest kind of like engine checking your analysis when it's like the book doesn't mention, you know, what you are saying, or you're, you're disagreeing with the book, or something's unclear.
1: And, and
2: yeah. hopefully it it helps a bit.
1: Right, but as far as how good a book it is, I think that's taking away from it a little bit. Like if you're reading a book on a train or whatever, I mean, you don't you don't always have you know Fritz in your pocket to. To, to go and double check stuff, right? Often a chess book is something that you read in a park or on a train
0: and the on the- garage. I'm gonna give a whole rant later, David, as to why I think it's in fact, the opposite is true.
1: Okay. The books
0: look who forward to do it. not have computer checked are better.
1: Better, okay. Better. Cool, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it because I was just thinking about it today really hard for the first time, as far as puzzle books. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a strong opinion about not puzzle books, so.
0: Yeah. OK, next one is Forcing Chess Moves. This is Ben's book. I, I've heard of this book. I have not read it. Um, so it is by Hirtan and Benjamin. A lot of people have said good things about this book. Yeah. So well, I, yeah, that probably, I, all, all, all four so far, I can imagine somehow incorporating them into a program.
2: Oh, there it is. Yeah, I was doing the thing. It's, it got is. The big, uh-huh. it's got the I big the big arm. Saying, yeah. See, David's
0: been doing some puzzles on the side, Bows.
1: It's a good book. I didn't say I don't like do puzzles. I've done so many puzzles; it's all kind of blended together for me. Like Uh imagination, imagination and chess is one of the few that sticks out for me, Mm -hmm. as being different than the others.
2: David's number one. Forcing chess moves is the number two. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Jesse, your number seven. So my number seven is domination, and maybe I'll just say quickly on top of what Kostya said, uh, I got this book, came into my hands, you know, it was way before the computer and it is a uh, very difficult, like exceedingly difficult problems. There's a common aesthetic to them though. Like dude only put problems in that fulfilled a certain beauty. Mm-hmm. And so one of the nice things about that is that, um, you get a sense into an experience of an aesthetic of problems. And um, in general, I should also mention they are mostly what we would call endgame studies. And endgame studies have their own special kind of beauty, right? that other kinds of ones don't. Simply because with less pieces, you can actually get longer and more interesting variations than you can with middle game positions. And just to clarify, like a lot of times in say books like Cal- Calculation by Augard and others, you can end a variation by saying White has a crushing attack. Um, you cannot end. <laughs> you cannot end an end game puzzle like that. You can end it with like, well, White's up a piece or something, right? But uh, or White is a winning position. But it's not. You you can't do that kind of qualitative thing with an endgame study. Okay. So, domination. And then at number six, I might move these around again. Um, I have Endgame Tactics by Van Parallel, which I read fairly recently, very much enjoyed. And <clears throat> there's diff- lots of different endgame books. And I'll talk, we're going to, be at least one more on my list. Endgame Tactics is really nice in the sense that it's not what we would call theoretical positions, but positions taken from actual games where this guy, Van Perlo, was collecting endgame positions for decades and um, human analysis, um, but I think very well checked by him and maybe some other people who read the manuscript. Um, published after his death, in terms of the big thing that we now have. And it really gives a sense of the beauty of endgames on a practical level, not just so, not we're not talking about endgame studies, we're not talking about theoretical endgames, we're just talking about endgame positions where violence is happening. And, and this book kind of opens up the breadth of violence in the endgame. So, really nice book. Okay, okay. Cool. I get to keep going because of this, uh, because I got. Johnson on tap two. And so he has got a book that I'm certain will be coming up later. Perfect your chess. So I won't say much about it since I'm sure Kostya and I will mention it on our list too. Yeah.
2: Perfect your chess.
0: Very good book. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good book. Okay. Um, So what do you got, buddy?
2: Okay. Number six for me. Um, is uh, basically a series of books. I'm just going to put the series title. Uh, It's called The Manual of Chess Combinations.
0: Um, (laughs) So far, we've only got one book in common. (laughs) (laughs) You know why? (laughs) (laughs) It's tough, it's
1: tough. Um, Here's Kostya's little Russian schoolboy side. Yeah, yeah, chess
2: school. So there's a couple of these books. There's a A, 1A, 1B. two volume three. Um, but basically they're all good. They're meant for, for different levels. I think one a is up to like 800 or so one B is like eight to 1200 and, and so on and so forth. Um, but really, really good books, really good puzzles. I feel like they're, they're very thematic puzzles They're combinations where like the themes will come up over and over again. Um, and they do a great job of mixing in, um, some end game studies, early on or at least like excerpts of end game studies that are, are quite simple so just kind of throwing in those like cute little in-game ideas um at a at a lower level i think is very very useful and it gives people a very uh solid foundation and then in the more advanced books in the series then they throw in like actual end game studies um that are of course hard to solve but appropriate for for that level um and uh yeah just again um really good good combinations that are all taken from like classic games um for the most part i actually think the book was done um was like human selected uh i mean like the puzzles were uh handpicked by by a human because i think there's like a few computer mistakes um but very very clean for um for the large majority of puzzles and also i want to say one of the later books i think it's volume three has some really good sections for stronger players. Um, like in particular, they have a chapter um, that's called finding uh, difficult moves in calculation. And it's great because it's like all of the combinations start off with like maybe one, two, three obvious moves. And then on move four, you have to find just like a really hard, hard move, um, which I think is a very, very uh, useful um, thing to train. There's another chapter. It's all about the um, opponent's counterplay. And it's, It's literally a chapter of puzzles where um, either you're like, you're white to play, you're black to play. And they ask you to evaluate a move and the move doesn't always work out. So you simply have to calculate it out. And in every puzzle, there's always like uh, enemy resources. And either the idea doesn't work or it does work, but you have to then calculate and figure out why. So it's just like really, um, really good training. And it really deals with this thing that people run into where it's like, you know, when you know, it's a puzzle, you always know it's, there's like a solution it's like, okay, this should work. This should work. But if you don't know that it's supposed to work, then it, of course, it makes it a lot harder and forces you to actually analyze, um, a lot more effectively. So yeah, great series of books overall. Um, there. And, uh, let me go to my number five pick, um, which, um, oh, is, yeah. Speaking of is going to be, uh actually more recent Divoretsky book um called recognizing your opponent's resources which i've actually been doing recently i'm working through it right now um, and it's great uh Deveritsky actually hasn't done uh oh i'm gonna have to i'm just gonna shorten it um Deveritsky hasn't done a bunch of puzzle books most of his books are kind of like example, uh, based with some, with some exercises, um, but this is one which, which has a ton of puzzles. Like we're uh, basically, I'm j- I am haven't even finished chapter one yet. And it's like, I think it's like 180 problems in chapter one. there's like multiple chapters. Um, but great book, very, very unique in that it's all about finding the opponent's resources. Um, so all of the puzzles are taken from like real games and real situations and, uh, very, very practical and every puzzle it's like, it's not enough to find the winning idea. You have to find like why another obvious idea doesn't work. Um, in many cases, there's no best move in the puzzle. You just have to find a safe move because every let's say aggressive idea is refuted. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So very, very difficult, but personally I found it like exceptionally useful. Um, and it's actually a book, uh, you know, I, have already put on our list. I think we should consider adding to the program for the, the higher cohorts. Um, it's also got like a lot of endgame studies where this is a theme where, you know, you have multiple ideas in an end game, but two of them don't work because of just some, uh, crazy resource that you have to find. And, uh, yeah, I just feel like it's great for your calculation. And there are very few books like this, right? Most puzzle books are just about like, okay, white to play and win, find the forcing move boom boom and you're done here it's like very very practical where you have to see the opponent's ideas you have to understand like why an obvious move isn't working and um, you'd be surprised you know at first glance it's like if you're told that some move isn't working you think you'd be able to figure out why just knowing that the move is wrong even knowing that the move is wrong it can still sometimes be very very hard and it's very frustrating staring at a position for 20 minutes you see that a pawn is hanging you know there's something wrong with it you can't figure you can't figure it out and then you see the solution and you're just like oh my god unbelievable so yeah really um really high level book there all right that's uh, that's it for me
0: yeah i want to say cozy because so cozy wants to add it to the program to the upper cohorts and so i have it on my shelf here so that's on my...
2: Uh, oh, you got it. Oh, yeah, I have the, it here. I'll yeah. show people the cover. There we go. Okay. What so, would you
1: say would be the lowest rating for using that book, Kostya? Yeah.
2: Um, I think, like, starting around 2100 is good. Because the chapter mm-hmm. does start off on the easier side, and then towards the end it gets starts to get very, very difficult. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been working with this book with uh, with Tadev, and we've been, yeah, uh, struggling, struggling through it.
1: <laughs> very, Jesse, very Can t- I ask you the same question about Van Perlo? Does it have any basic tactics in it? Like, does it teach you, you know, when you've got a pawn on a7 and rook on a8, if the black king is on the seventh rank, that you can go rook h8 and queen your pawn because of rook h7? Does it have basic no, like, stuff in it or does it start with like really i said that's
0: theoretical point. stuff a lot of the stuff is easier tactics that somebody missed in a game mm-hmm. um but uh no theoretical stuff um i should also mention i'm having some doubts about putting it on six just because not because it's not a great book but in the sense that it's arguably not a puzzle book. I, I think what interestingly chessable turned it into a puzzle book, but honestly the positions, maybe they're more meant to be played through because a lot of times you see a position and then somebody makes an, a mistake right there. So it's not like you're trying to find the mistake. So I might, I might uh, move one of Kostya's books over, change it up a little bit.
1: Like you've had Kostya and I end game sensei at least one position from Van Perlo.
0: True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that hard uh, pawn endgame. A ridiculously difficult <laughs> pawn endgame. But that's just because you said the ridiculous thing that you could figure out any pawn end game. And I was like, boss, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, so I have to go uh, myself. I'm going to go twice here.
2: Wait, I think okay. you skipped over. You put Ben's pick in, but you didn't say it out loud. Oh, I didn't say anything.
0: Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Number five for Ben is Chess Tactics from Scratch by Veda Schnick. And that's, I, I, I read that book, reviewed it here on the site. You can check that out. And we added that to a couple cohorts, I think 15, 16, 1700 has Chess Tactics from Scratch. Um, it's kind of, uh, it, its ambition is to talk about ways of finding tactics for kind of that level. In addition to showing puzzles, uh, there's like 300 puzzles at the end, and at the end of every chapter, there's a set of puzzles that deal with whatever theme that the chapter was dealing with. And, you know, one of the things, of course, about doing the dojo is I would normally not be reading that book for myself, but I did enjoy that a lot. And I was like, oh, right, this helps me understand, too, what a good puzzle book looks like. For a lower cohort, right? And like I said, for my own personal list, I'm just doing books that touched my soul aesthetically and in terms of playing strength, right? Um, by the way, this might be the time at number five to give our little spiel. Uh, <clears throat> endgame puzzles, okay? Or excuse me, puzzles in general, especially tactics puzzles, especially endgame studies, I will say, can be very addictive. They are, it's a beautiful thing to do and it has turned into its own competitive sports. There are puzzle solving competitions. So it's not just chess anymore, uh, uh, not just about improving your chess, it is a a pursuit in its own. And it's been that way honestly for a a while, but it hasn't turned into a competitive thing such as it is is now. And the reason I wanna stress that is there is a strong argument Now let's just take the 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 straw man's case because my friend Yermolinsky, Alex Yermolinsky has a very powerful argument which is at least even if you disagree you need to hear it <clears throat> which is that puzzles are garbage because all of the tactics are in your own games and you are just going somewhere else instead of looking deeply where you should be looking right so it's just a little game that you're playing on the side. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting argument. I don't entirely agree, but it's important to hear because I can say about myself that I enjoy puzzles. I've done a lot of puzzles, and it's its own, it can definitely be its own kind of, um, David, I'm, I have the German word Zeitvertreib. what do we say? Um, uh, you know, at, at what? <laughs> I forgot the English word. That's hilarious. Appreciation. <laughs> No, no, no. When you're no. just think time, you like know, a
1: time sink or something. A time like sink.
0: On. Yeah, we're, oh, me and David we both don't remember the English word. In any case, you know something. You're like a the way crossword puzzles can be done. You know, pastime. Okay, pastime. There you go. Okay, here we go. So number five, <clears throat> I have got the book that I recently reviewed. I enjoyed it a lot, uh, and this I think help. This book helps us understand what a good puzzle book. Maybe let's call it maybe the future of good puzzle books. And I'm not allowed into my little tab here. Here we go. Think Like a Super GM. This, I got turned on to this book by Ben Johnson when we were listing best books. Um, and it sets a new standard and helps also understand why engines aren't the best. So the new standard is this. Instead of giving an answer that's based in the computer, give the problem to a variety of people and have them different skill levels and have them describe how long it took them to do the problem or not do the problem, what their answer was, what their reasoning was. And especially for me, Reading the way Adams solved the problem, sometimes dude didn't get it right, which are also comforting for a chump GM like me, um, really helped give me insight into how somebody who is a human mind, I can't aspire to be a, a computer mind, but how a human mind approaches a position and you know the efficiency with which atoms can discard things and I'm still sp- you know, stuck spinning my wheels on some junk move, (laughs) you know? And then, therefore, you know, the time you don't spend on things is very important in chess and in puzzles. The other thing that I think is very good about that book is that in contrast to just about every puzzle book, it gives great insight into the difference between um, how people solve problems or chess at different levels and there's a lot to say about it but i'll just take one takeaway that was kind of proven in the answers is that the main difference and this applies not just for puzzles but i think for chess in general the main difference between lower rated players and higher rated players is when lower rated players see a good move they have a very hard time not just doing it just like just putting it out on the board or saying, that's my answer. I've seen that as a coach as well, whereas higher rated players are going to try to refute their own ideas and really go deep into that refutation. And honestly, when you look at Carlson, the way he talks, you can see so many times dude sees the right move instantly, but then we'll spend some time thinking about it, right? and doing a, a real deep blunder check about what's going on in the positions and the assumptions of the positions. So it has more to say than that, but really great book in that regard. And like I said, I think it sets the stage for what problem books will become in the future. You have to have some kind of human element in terms of what's going on. You can't just be like Agard anymore and be like, well, the computer spit out this line, you know? No, boss, no, give me more. Okay. And then uh, four, and here I have my rant that I've been saving for David. So number four is The Best Move by Jansa and Hort. And this is an old book, pre-computer. And so let me set the stage. A lot of these are tactics. A lot of them are positional moves, Um, some end games. And the genius of this kind of book And it's really important to see why computer books computer solutions aren't as good is that when and hort say that they think a move is best and they have had their bro gms look at it several times too um it's the human answer is what is interesting in that so there's a lot of ones where and Let me say also, as a reader, you can disagree and if you want, you can turn on the computer and you can have a debate with these people. That's the beautiful thing. Now, if Janssen Hort were doing it today and they turned on their engine, well, instantly they would say, oh, of course I was wrong. But no, <laughs> you had deliberate thought about this, my friend. You thought it wasn't like you were some chump GM. No, you guys were at the top of your game, especially Hort. This was like one of the top players of his generation. So. Yes, that is in a sense, the answer. So even if you disagree, you get a sense of like, well, this is the human answer. Right. And then you can disagree with it. And that's part of the fun, honestly, is having a disagreement, you know, and first, you know, the first thing you're going to do when you see their answer is you're going to say like, maybe usually you'll just be like, oh, obviously I missed that. But sometimes you'll be like, wait a second, what about me? boss? (laughs) I had an idea here, buddy. And you could check it if you want or ask your friend and analyze it. So I think to, to me, the old books without the computer generated stuff are really good. Let me mention something. It's not quite a puzzle book that can be used as a puzzle book. And that is in the program, we have Art of Attack. I'm really enjoying rereading that. If you look at that book and just consider the diagrams, it's essentially a puzzle book. So many of those answers are wrong. And I can, I've been going through it with Jamil, my student, and I can, I know instantly, I'm like, this is sus. This is us. So we have a little debate. And we look at it, look at it, look at it. And then if we want to, we can check it. Great, dude. Great. Yeah, Fantastic. And then the chumps on like chessable and there's people on telling us on our discord, they're reading it like on some chump FM went through it with a computer. And, you know, the chump FM doing doing the editing will be like, well, actually, so and so and so and so am like boss. Actually, you're not the one talking here. It's some c- chump computer you're talking to. Okay. Yeah. No, Rant that's, over. that's Rant no. Over. I'm
2: I'm with you there, just yeah. Leave Vladimir Rukovitch alone. All right. He wrote a brilliant <laughs> book, and it's like no, but you're right, just is just going through the book is what makes you a better player. It's not the computer checked variations. It's the ideas that are presented in the book. The sacrifices, learning how to judge attacks, how to use your pieces, how to find resources. And very very good examples overall so yeah
0: i can't get the oh ben's next one to center maybe you can Let's figure, figure out. that out in old. any case we'll fix it. Uh, let me ben let has, me
1: suggest one thing on that topic jesse i'm mm-hmm. not maybe not going to get into a full-fledged fight with you or anything because you mm-hmm. know you guys know in general i'm not super pro computer but um this is actually sort of a counter to my own way of what thinking in general in the past but do you think it's possible that when we talk about what's a human move and what's a computer move, that that could be changing a little bit as more and more people are, are training up with computers? Like, for example, is it possible that things that we dismiss as, oh, it's a computer move, nobody would see it, that people of the type of like, you know, Nodirbek Abdusadarov might might see it in this coming generation? that. that there might be a degree to which people are going to see more and more computer moves as there are more and more humans who've trained with computers?
0: Um, I'll put it like this. It definitely has been the case over my lifetime, and I'll just try to retreat in time for a second, that when uh, I was a kid and we were reading annotations, the, the games, when you're reading annotations, often had a a narrative arc, like so-and-so is a better player and had this strategy and yeah. crushed somebody else. And uh, there was kind of a beauty in that, and there was kind of like a priesthood in that, like, oh, this dude's on a whole nother level and has this deep strategic conception. Now, with the computer, the computer is really showing us, actually, if you look at that game, both sides were making mistakes, and it was a more on a move-by-move basis in the sense that the, the valuation was actually changing dramatically and these chumps never realized. <laughs> so the computer has moved us to more of a move-by-move move analysis of the position. Move-by-move move meaning that the old ideas of a strategic conception of the board, which then carried out through multiple phases of the game, doesn't didn't exist like the old masters actually thought. And that leads to a more a computery way of thinking about it. Just you're like, well, every move, every move, I might have something here, let's go, you know, let's look deeply at it. So I think that's the biggest shift. But when we look at specific problems, like the ones in, let's say, Calculation by Agard. I mean, he's looking at, you know, he's like, MBL missed this one, what a chump, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, boss, <laughs> come on, MBL's just as computer driven as everybody else, you know? So, um is, is it true, by the way, that once you know that the computer found something that even a chump GM like me can be in like, OK, wait a second, the computer found something here and then maybe I can find it, of course, mm-hmm. right? But that's a slightly different thing. In the real game, you don't know. You don't know. Maybe you, you have no idea. Once the computer tells you something there, it's something different.
2: Yeah. All right, shall we keep going? Let's keep going. Bows all right number four for me um maybe a bit controversial i'm going with um woodpecker method uh by smith and, and Tikkanen. um so yeah there's a lot of like there's a lot of discussion about this book i apologize. i'm not going to spell Tikkanen correctly i'm just not i just don't remember um but i'll do my best um there's a lot of discussion about this book, because whenever it's like you hear Woodpecker Method, it's like people are like, oh, is the method good? Is it a is good method? Does it work? And it's like the book is actually more than just the method. That's the thing I'm like trying to I always try to like share it. It's like so the book is essentially eleven hundred um, tactical puzzles or combinations. They range from like easy all the way to hard. I would say the easy ones start off like 1, 15, 1,600, and then they, they go up to maybe like 2,200 or so, maybe a bit harder. And um, so it's like 1,100 um, really well-selected puzzles. All the puzzles are like computer checked. Um, they pretty much exclusively have like one solution in the puzzle, which, um, you know, is, is not off, always the case. Or if there's multiple solutions, you know, all the annotations are really like instructive and the solutions are often... Um what I like about the book is that it tells you like what you need to have seen in advance. To give yourself full credit for the puzzle, which I think is really important. The author is like, you have to see this line and this variation and this thing. Um, And all the puzzles are also taken from the games of world champions, which I think is just cool. So as you're doing the book, you're getting to solve like combinations from everyone from like Steinus all the way to to Carlson. And sometimes they're on the winning side, sometimes on the losing side, but I think that's just kind of good for for chess culture. So you end up seeing a lot of these classic games um, and combinations. Um, and then at the beginning of the book it's like three pages the authors also share a method for working through the puzzles that worked for them they think could be fun and it's like yeah. people are just so hung up on this first like three pages at the beginning of the book you know they don't realize it's like it's actually just like a very good puzzle book just without this like suggested method and so the method is cool it's like all right you do as many puzzles as you can in four weeks then you try to do the same set in two weeks and the same set in one week eventually you do your your first set whatever you did in that first four weeks eventually you try to do it in one day um and then they suggested if you're a strong player like fmi i'm trying to go for gm you should try to do the whole book um, not everyone has to do the whole book you can do less puzzles but i remember doing the whole book i was like uh, i think i was imr yeah i was im already and i ended up doing the whole thing in in one day and absolutely like you know a few weeks later i just felt like uh, my calculation had improved i was seeing a lot more i was a lot sharper a lot quicker So, you know, people ask like, okay, is it better than just doing six weeks of tactics from a different source or six weeks of tactics from a different book? Like, do you really need to do this method? The thing is no one's doing the six weeks of tactics. They're just arguing about like what (laughs) what method is the best. It's like, this is actually a fun way to like get yourself to do the tactics. It's inherently competitive because every time you're doing the cycle, you want to get a higher and higher accuracy as you're doing the puzzles. It's just mm. like a great way to get you to do a bunch of calculation in a intense um, period of time so for me it's like it's just a great book whether or not you follow the method I think honestly doesn't matter that much but I think it's um
0: yeah it has a lot of uh, a lot of things going for it my favorite part of that Coach, was that I could feel the internet controversy just in the vehemence in which you were defending this book. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel all the people, people have been arguing about this online. Like could, it's just,
2: yeah, it's like, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's hardly important. <laughs> uh, okay. So with that out of the way, let me get to um, my number three book. This is actually a repeat. Um, ben had this one on his list. Um, I'm going with the uh, the Halstein book for my number three. Uh, Mastering Chess Strategy. Um, we mentioned this book has a lot of good uh, positional puzzles. I also think his other books are good. Mastering Endgame Strategy and Mastering Opening Strategy. They're all written in a very similar format, and that it's a bunch of like instructive examples, and then it's a bunch of exercises as well at the end. So all three of those books are good. I would say, like, Mastering Chess Strategies, maybe the the main one. So um, I'll give that the, uh, the number three pick from, uh, from me.
0: Okay. All right. So Ben has five, three, three, four, Pogar. Now, David is still too proud to read this book, but it is a classic. And I'll talk a little bit more about it when I do my top three. I was also too proud. So... Um, as with a lot of art, when we do these beautiful lists, I have a lot of fun doing it, players, games, oftentimes, and this is the case here, uh, my top three I can feel are a little bit interchangeable on any given day. So just bear that in mind that I can imagine flipping these out. So at number three, I have uh, Perfect Your Chess and a great book. We've talked about this on a variety of other shows um the thing I will say now about it is that it's uh <laughs> the, the the human component to this was that this guy Grabinski, this is a Ukrainian coach back in the day um uh, <laughs> would show would do really the chess training that that dude did was really having a bunch of competitive young players come in and have them do, different positions, mostly calculation training. And these positions that he's showing us are the fruit of that labor, like the just the best ones from that ordered then kind of by um, skill level. And also then the the best ones, not only in terms of, let's say, um, return of investment in your time, but also a lot of positions which just have uh, let's say, mind-expanding beauty to them. And that's one of the things that I'm really looking for when I, when I say that a book, a puzzle book, connects with me aesthetically or spiritually or something like that, when you can show me some positions and then have some explanation that are like, oh, yeah, I get it. And I think the book was ultimately computer-checked, but really it was like pruned heavily by human interaction with Grubinsky and his students. Okay, yeah, Randroper, <laughs> uh, number two, I have five. very good
1: book, Jesse. That's one of the few that I've,
0: well, oh, maybe you're going to want to do your own list, boss.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I just say it's a good <laughs> book. I'm not saying it's better or worse than, than like, Domination <laughs> by Kasparian. It's just another good book.
0: Okay. So, um, I then put the Polgar book at number two. And let me just say, like David, I had an attitude about the book first. I was like, ah, I'm too good for this book. I am already. I was already an I am at the time. I was like, I don't need it. Um, and ultimately, it's an example of how you can get better by teaching. Because I was using it first as because I was doing coaching with kids. And I would be using the positions there. And at a certain point, I was like, oh, this is great. And then I just started doing it and since that time i've done it several times through and if we're going to talk about woodpecker method it's kind of interesting and essentially i've done the book so many times that i you know i could essentially do it faster and faster i'll it still won't be instant for me right um but you know yeah i've I've done it again and again and it really helps uh, and this i think one of the interesting things about the poll, with the training program actually is Uh, At the beginning, I was like, oh, people are really going to get mad at this. They're not going to understand it. But I I really pushed for it in the program and people have been into it. They're like and they're kind of saying what I got out of it the first time, which was visualization in general, not just for mating patterns, but then the mating patterns themselves really drilling it down. And I feel it's like a basketball layup. You need to be able to hit it from a variety of very delicate angles. And there's going to be a bunch of nuance in that little, in the finish, the finish, which is the mate. Um, So yeah, I'm really into that book. Definitely one of the books helped me become a GM. We have a video review that I did about last year or so about that. And then Ben Johnson, let's keep going. Um, He has his number two, a book that I haven't, I had heard of actually, but I I didn't, I hadn't done anything with. And that is Practical Chess Exercises Mm. by Cheng. And this came out like 2007 or so. I haven't read it, but he was really pumped on it. And this is, um, Mm. and um, he said it was meant for about 13 to 1700. And and one of the things actually me and Kostia argue a little bit about with these puzzles is Kostia likes it. If the themes are kind of organized, like pins and skewers, and I'm like, no, boss, I can't be that way. I don't like, it. anyways, this has mixed themes without prompts that he was really into. And other people have spoken highly of this book. I don't have any experience with it, but definitely <clears throat> it's, you know, Ben, I like I said, is really knowledgeable about books. So all of these I'm going to probably get in it and check out.
2: Yeah, I've seen a bit of that book. I think, yeah, it has a good mix of puzzles, like both strategic and tactical, sometimes a mix of both. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's good praise. That's high ranking um, for sure. Okay, uh, number two for me, um, I have uh, a repeat, Perfect Your Chess. Um, just a really, yeah, really awesome book, especially for, for players on the higher rated side a lot of great um uh, exercises very much a mix of like strategic and um tactical themes but also like a lot of puzzles have um difficult evaluation element attached as well um, and they all come from um, just high level games i also like that it uses a bunch of modern examples so it doesn't have you know all the same kind of classic combinations that you might see in other books um and yeah just yeah just overall it's very like i don't want to say like it was like a groundbreaking book or anything but it, it really kind of like i don't know i feel like it changed the nature of puzzle books once that book came out it was like a pre-perfecture chess world and a post-perfecture chess world yeah yeah, yeah. and i remember a lot of very strong players saying like oh yeah this is the book to like work on um i studied it with a couple other title players Um, back in the day, I feel like it helped me a lot get from like 22 to to 2300 and and higher, um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, just very human situations. Very, very well-selected puzzles for, for sure. So, um, awesome book. I hear they're coming out with a new version soon, which is exciting, or perhaps a new, a new book by Mm Grabinski, I feel like has Mm -hmm. been in the works. So hopefully that comes out soon. Um, I also wanted to say the authors of the woodpecker method are soon going to be doing a sequel of the woodpecker method chat reminded me. So thank you guys for that. They're doing a woodpecker method with positional puzzles that's supposed to be released later this year. And, uh, I'm, yeah, I imagine that book is going to be, uh, fantastic. So definitely a future, future hall of famer there. Um,
1: okay. And then for my number one book, do you guys realize that you're an hour and 15 minutes into this show and haven't really like argued about anything yet? You're just listing a bunch of books and they're all good. We argued a bit, you yeah, know, we, we said, some arguing buddy.
2: we yeah. were arguing yeah, about it. like agger, yeah, uh, what else, uh, you know, computers Where should computers be. And we can argue more <laughs> <laughs> if you want I agree. We should, ar- we should be arguing more. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Number one book. Um to me just felt like the right pick. I don't know why exactly, but it just seems like it's so classic and it's so helpful I think for a very very wide range of players um that it deserved to be number 1 for me. Um and that is Combinative Motifs by uh Motifs by Maxim block Um So really really classic book. Big old haven't heard of that one. Oh man. <laughs> I <laughs> I bet you have, you know, in a, in a way, cause I feel like this you book probably is, heard
0: of CT art.
2: I yeah. Cause CT like art
0: is based on that.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um, this is a book that's very interesting. It's really well organized. Basically it's a bunch of tactical puzzles. Some of them are on the easier side. Some of them are definitely, uh, longer, more challenging, but the puzzles will range from one or two move tactics to multiple variation combinations. Um, and what I just enjoy in particular is I think the themes and the puzzles are very well selected. It's just a great job of, um, teaching players the different tactical themes or motifs that make up combinations. So things like attraction, deflection, removing the defender in between moves. I mean, all just like the classic, um, themes and the book is structured in an interesting way where I don't think the puzzles are organized by theme or or difficulty, but they're all kind of labeled. So you can see which puzzles are harder, which puzzles are easier. And then you can also see them according to the theme if you want, or you can also solve them kind of like randomly where you don't know what the theme is. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just feel like going through this book, um, would provide a bunch of players, some very, very fundamental pattern recognition. Um, and as Jesse said, this book was then the basis of this really popular app that I'm a fan of called CT art. I think now they're up to CT art 6.0, but they had a bunch of iterations of it. And a lot of those puzzles come from, um, from this book and, and the, their apps and stuff are kind of organized in, uh, in a similar way. Um, but that's often like the main app that I recommend to people when I suggest to like work on their tactics. I also just, I, I've done a video about that app. People can check it out. Why well, I, I like it so much, but like, Yeah, the puzzles are well selected it shows you why your solution is wrong it lets you try the puzzle multiple times so it doesn't just like give you the answer right away Um, and then it doesn't have this huge defect in my opinion that most online tactics trainers have where the puzzles are like computer generated and it's like a computer solution and they don't even ask you for like the most critical lines and all this stuff so this book that app i just feel like uh like bang for your buck definitely like the
0: best, definitely. Okay, cool. The next one, again, I didn't. I didn't know about this book. Maybe you guys know. It's called Winning Chess Exercises by Coakley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for kids, actually. I should put in for kids. Uh, don't let that fool you. Still, probably pretty hard or good, or whatever you want to say. So, <laughs> dude, Ben is a winner, man. He knows. He, he knows about. <laughs> no, that's a good book. I've heard very good things about that book. Actually, I'm going to take away chess out of it because then I can. Right, it'll be better with space. Just winning exercises for. I think that's what it's called. Winning exercises for kids. Okay. <clears throat> and then my top book, like again, I want to stress the uh, top three. Could I could interchange them? Is the encyclopedia of Chess Endings by Kalinichenko. And uh, just quick story, kind of hilarious to think of where Russia is now, but I played the 2004 Aeroflot Open, and it was in this hotel that used to be right next to Red Square, where it, back in the day, like that's where the CIA would be. And they would have like all these like spy things running through the walls and stuff. <coughs> And so, anyways, I was that that's where the the tournament was, and that's where I bought that book. And then 2005, I spent basically the whole year doing that thing. And, and that is so, like
2: a puzzle book. It's presented like like puzzles.
0: Yeah. So here's the book. By the way, I'm this is not a oh, book cool. I'm recommending you buy. It costs two hundred dollars or something. It's got a Russian title, but it, since it's puzzles, you don't need to know Russian. Um and it's organized by first you know pawn end games rook end games queen end games and it's uh the let me just say back in the day eco created a big old series of books like one book on pawn end games one book on queen you know queen one book bishop one book knight i think there were two books on rook end games and those are interesting books. And unfortunately I gave my copies away because I couldn't travel with them. I was poor. And I was like, I, I can't keep carrying these around in my duffel bag. Okay. (laughs) That's what happened to those books. But, But those books, honestly, what they did was it was too much. It was too much. They were just putting every single position in there. And because it was then too much, you didn't have the, let's call it educational flow um, that you need to progress. Like, so, you know, let's start off with a certain type of pawn endgame, game and let's move up the ladder. And I really feel like it's a great example of how puzzles can really help you learn anything. So, for example, let's say the, the, the few times I've tried to learn physics, say. Doing physics puzzles. Oh man, you really get an understanding of visualization. Of what is going on? Same way with, let's say you want to learn the end game. You don't want to do a read some thing. I mean, it was helpful to read something. Oh, no, you had to put the reps in doing loads of pro- problems. And the thing about this one that I really like is it's not just the theoretical positions, but there's a loads of studies that are related to the. Uh, positions, the theoretical positions, right? And then there's lots of examples from practical chess play. So uh, those three books very much helped me, Perfect Your Chess, Polgar Book, Encyclopedia of Chess Endings. And um, when we have on the site, we have the, what I call the Rook Endgame Progression, and that's my own take a little bit on some of those positions in the Kalinichenko book, where I've especially designed them for sparring, right? So this even if you do not will never get this book if you're in the program and do the rook end game progression the influence of this book is kind of in there in terms of getting positions let's say from the ground up and then developing it to uh, harder and harder difficulty
2: okay david so whose list is most correct in your view
0: <laughs> and we just have to like, do the final just like the books they're more or less equal no God, why did you have to ask him, ghost? Why did you ask him? <laughs> Let's find out who's going to... David has to do the math, though, because he didn't do anything. I now think, he's going to do the math and figure it out. I think we're ready to go. I think David has,
2: has set it okay, up good. for us. Okay, good. So let me, um, let me grab the, uh, the final rankings real quick. We don't have a ton of repeats, so these aren't the most Democratic rankings, I would say. But uh, yeah. So what books were even on all? I think there's two books
1: on all three lists, right? We
2: got oh, Prefecture chess and Polgar oh,
0: on all three, chess, the
1: top man. the top two are on all three lists. Mm-hmm. As far as I could tell, those were the only ones. And then there are a couple more overlaps near the bottom of the compiled list I did for you. But they were defeated by the books that people put in first and second that were uh, unique. So between five and eight, you've got four books that just got all their points from one person.
0: And while Kosi is setting that up, we have an angry chat about why we don't have How to Beat Your Data Chest. I read that book. It's in the program. Uh, so not dissing on the book. It's hard to make this list. It's hard. Yeah, to a make lot of list. good
2: books out there, folks. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think that's the only good book we left out. think again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Chad can compile their disappointment in a list you yeah. know Just bring your bring your disappointment
2: um actually another really good book i wanted to mention is um book three of uh polgar's learn chess the right way series is also in our program but i really like this book because it's focused on defensive puzzles um which is very very rare especially for books um that are meant for lower rated players it's often like you know white to play and win black to play and win it's rarely you get puzzles where you have a checkmate, uh, your, like your king is being threatened, you have one way to defend against the mate or one way to save your pieces. Um, but, but those kinds of tactics are also, I mean, no less important than learning how to win stuff too.
1: Yeah, um, that's great. I mean, to some, ex- to some extent, yeah. I value more highly books that cover something that's a little bit more rare, like that, right? Um, but does that make it like a better book? In some sense, it's just a book that you need more because there aren't alternatives to it, But, you know, it could be equally well done as far as, you know, the author's execution.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, there, um, there we go. There are our combined rankings. So in terms
0: of... (laughs) (laughs) In
2: terms of books that have more than one, um, one person, uh, pushing them. Let's see, in 10th place, we have positional play from Agard, five points. And we have domination. Number nine, practical chess exercises, uh Klinachenko, chess exercises for kids, uh block, combinator motives, Helstein in fourth place, mastering chess strategy, me and Ben. Um think like a super GM, that's Jesse and Ben's pick in third place. And in second place, we have the polgar book. We all picked that one. Um, and in first place, we have perfect your chess, taking the top, the top spot. Wow.
0: That's great. Yeah.
2: Exciting. That's a good list. Exciting. Okay, folks. You know what to do. If you disagree with the list, you got to give us your own list, your own books.
1: Um, Let us know your favorites. I
2: think we did okay.
1: As far as I can tell, you only put good books on the list. So that's that's something.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, That was fun. That was fun. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we will uh, we'll catch you next time.